Yo, thank you so much for tuning in to Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two fill-in-the-blank podcasters, discuss movies, TV shows, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our podcast and email us any suggestions or questions that you might have for us at gopressplay 2 at gmail.com or DM us via Instagram at pressplayar. That's gopressplay, the number two, at gmail.com and DM us at Instagram, pressplayar. On today's show, we're going to go over some quick news, uh, review the trailer for Scooby, crazy, mm-hmm. uh, and a 2-4 movie review, Drag Me to Hell, and Maleficent. It's a double feature on this episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. And we'll always end the show with Six Degrees of uh, Separation and our Fact of the Week with your uh, daily info or weekly info, I'm sorry, of your DVDs and music. Sweet. All right. So let's get into it. So our first quick news is we finally have Disney Plus. O M G. There's I'm so overwhelmed. When we opened it for the first time and reviewed it, it was super it's overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah, that's they, the that's the word. They have the everything split up by decade and I want to like the the what do you, what do you call it? Um uh, the completionist, I guess, in me wants to literally start from the beginning and go all the way to the end. We didn't know um, where to but start. But I can't. I did watch, I did start by watching Mickey's, uh, the... The first? The first Steamboat. Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie, yeah. Um, a lot to watch. I, I God, I want to watch it all. And I don't have time. I got to quit my job to watch it all. <laughs> but yeah, it's very chalk full of content uh both disney and non-disney and really compared to other services there isn't that much content because there's like like i I think i said before there's over 4500 uh titles on netflix and this only has about 600 when it did launch on november 12th in just 24 hours it got 10 million subscribers yeah in just 24 million that's insane uh, but yeah, it has it all from the classic Mickey and Minnie cartoons to the 90s Jungle to Jungle. People were DMing us through our Instagram that they were saying they can't wait to see Blank Check. They can't wait to see X-Men, the animated series. They can't wait to see That's a Raven. And it's it's a lot, a lot of stuff. It's, oh my gosh. Now to get... Uh, Disney Plus, we had to go through some troubles, right? With the Roku. So, yeah, we mentioned our gender-neutral Roku last time. Andy. Andy. Uh, Andy decided to um, be very mean to, to its parents. And all of a sudden, after a week of, of raising her and treating her right, him or her right, Andy decided that she no longer wanted to play video and gave us a HDMI error every time we tried to play anything. So 
I'm, you know, I'm the customer service guy. That's what I used to do at my old job. If something went wrong, I ended up on the phone at customer service. I generally have patience. There was no customer service number for, for Roku. Uh, all, all I could find was a troubleshooting thing, which I did several times, never worked. I went through Amazon and they are the ones that put me through to a customer service. Um, and I, I went through the exact same troubleshooting, nothing worked and I, we got disconnected and I had no way of calling them back. And even though they, they confirmed my phone number, they didn't call me back. So I packed it up and sent it back to Amazon for a full refund and we got an Amazon stick. And so far, it doesn't have a name yet. Let's call 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 it Sticky. <laughs> it's the Amazon Stick, and so far, so good. It's it's badass. I'm happy with it. Um, yeah. no no HDMI issues. It I, connects you know. to our Alexa. Yeah. Um, I'm not too thrilled about the Alexa capability because we can just hit the phone. I mean the the control mic voice thing. Yeah, yeah. same thing. It's it's Wally. It's getting to Wally. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah we're very lazy. Yeah. Oh, and the next news that we have is the possible Friends reunion. You're a big fan of that show, or you watched? Yeah. yeah. The rumor is that uh, it's not announced yet, but they're they're gonna do a a reunion on. HBO Max, which is the HBO Cinemax uh, streaming service that will be coming out. I don't know. It's not out yet, right? Not yet, no. Not yet. Uh, that would be a big pull for that. Uh, I would be thrilled. They're, they've uh, they've had several reunions with the entire cast uh, on Instagram dinners and shit like that. Uh, I think it'd be cool to see them, you know, in their 50s. <laughs> Why not? I think it'd be cool. I'd be happy with it. We'll see. I wasn't a fan of Friends. Uh, That's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I it's forgive okay. you. I never. I, I, I was never into Will and Grace before. I, I just never related to that. You know, it's the same thing as uh, Queerest Folks when it came out. Uh, yes, it was a revolutionary show. It was uh, very captivating and told an incredible story, but I really didn't relate to anything that there were going through they're rebooting l word right yes that's cool whereas in will and grace i saw this you know 30 something successful gay lawyer out gay lawyer and i was like man that's that's who i want to to emulate or or, you know who i want to you still have have time to go to law school (laughs) no maybe not or just uh just 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 be jack just jack (laughs) i already deal with with enough lawyers I want to be Karen. Oh my God, yes. Um, Get me a martini. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, that was next... my Karen impression. Go. <laughs> <laughs> the next show that we have, or the next news that we have, I'm sorry, is the Nickelodeon and Netflix multi-year deal. I think the deal was inked for $200 million. Oh, wow. Uh, which means that every... Nickelodeon content, cartoon shows, regular shows are going to be streaming. Whoa. Did he just growl at you? Well, don't take his ball. (laughs) Don't. He was going after me. Oh, no. That was funny. 
Um, it's going to be uh, all that stuff is going to be shown at Netflix. All right. So all the old Nickelodeon shows, kind of yeah. like Disney Plus, but on Netflix. Yeah, and also new new shows, uh, probably reboots. Re- of course, that's what they're doing. They can get Shia LaBeouf to come back and do even. Oh no, that was Disney, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was Disney. Yeah, you know what? I, I I'm not one of those kids that grew up on on Nickelodeon. Uh, I did heavily. I didn't have cable for a lot of my young years, so. There was no no Nickelodeon, no... Um, I would say it wasn't until high school that, that we got cable and I could finally, you know, check out MTV and stuff like that. But I was never into it. I remember, like, years, 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 years when I was a little kid, uh, um, you can't do that on television. And I was a, a shorty. I was, like, I had to have been, like, four or five or five or six and I just remember just the slime. Yeah. I don't know, and people getting slimed, and <laughs> you know, I thought that was cool. I, I would, uh, with my little Ninja Turtles, I would like uh, um, play out the scenes with one of them saying "I don't know," and then I would dump like shampoo on their heads. I <laughs> really probably went through a lot of shampoo that way. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, I grew up heavily on. On Nickelodeon, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I would like to see that rebooted. Uh, I bought us matching orange iguanas uh, shirts. Remember to go to Universal. They were matching. You had you had. One oh, too? or I got you one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> uh, obviously, Rugrats, Rocco, Mo- Modern Life, Ariel Monsters, uh, Clarissa explains it all. Uh, all that. Yeah, so I'm really cool about that. Yeah, it will be cool. Um, moving on to... Uh, Sonic? What did you think about Didn't that? Didn't we talk about Sonic last week? Well, yes, we did. Uh, it was... We did talk about it uh, because there were some leak images. But right trailer. after we posted the, the last podcast, the official oh, trailer came right. out with the redesigned Sonic. It, um, it looks cool. Like the 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 redesign is fantastic. It looks it looks like the old Sonic from the game. I'm thrilled with it. Still too much Jim Carrey. If you want to see it, we'll see it to give the studio whatever well, for listen listening to, to the fans. They listened to the fans. They said, "Hold up, let's take care of this Wait, ugly monstrosity." That is we Tails created. in it? Maybe. I bet you there's a cameo from Tails. Or a post-credit scene that's very popular. Oh, it's so corny. I know. Okay, it's very cliche. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with the redesign. Thank goodness they did it because the other one was scary as hell. I will have nightmares about that Sonic, you know, biting my neck. <laughs> and oh god, yeah, that's weird, mm-hmm. nasty. Uh, Scream Queen, possible reboot. Possible reboot. Uh, the article that I read today made it sound like it was already uh, greenlit, which it's not. Uh, Ryan Murphy just tweeted out that uh, the entire cast was up for it. That's it. There's no. There's nothing. Like Fox would have to make that final decision. Um, or and in I, this case, Disney. Well, you know, uh, it it it's not a Disney show. It's a Fox show. So it's the it's yeah, the right. it's the Fox yeah, right. arm of Disney now. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I uh, 
the the second season was god awful um i really liked the first season i read an article today where someone said they liked it up until the last episode and i'm having trouble remembering the last episode uh but i'm i I really don't want to rewatch it so I, i would i would be into a third season though I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. I loved, we talked about it in one of the podcasts prior, was Abigail Breslin. She was fantastic. Uh, performance. She was fantastic. And that that, uh, that show introduced us to Billy Lord as well, mm-hmm. who always wore the uh, the earmuffs. Yeah, in homage. And apparently that's, that's how she always acts in everything that she does. <laughs> and she's cute. We love her, but she doesn't really have a lot of range. Yeah. Talking about Billy Lord, we finally finished American Horror Story. We did. We watched the finale. I don't, I don't know if we talked about the episodes before, but it's, 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 it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I was explaining to you after we saw the episode, what I was thinking was was the concert going on with Billy Idol and the killing and the conclusion ending behind that. So you really didn't get to see Billy Idol. Like, it was like an off-camera thing. Like, I don't know. I was honestly kind of disappointed with the finale. They decided to do a twist where they went 20 years in the future, or 30 years in the future to 2019, uh, where... Uh, this guy goes back to the camp looking for his father. He's uh, a Mr. Jingle's son. Um, and most of it takes place in the future. And I was expecting a, a cool bloodbath at this concert. And I was expecting a really cool scene where Brooke would confront uh, Margaret. Margaret and the Hulk confrontation, which was shown in a flashback, uh, lasted 15 seconds. Yeah, they just basically ran into each other, pushed each other to the side, stabbed each other, and that's it. I was there was was no dialogue. I mean, this woman set her up. They were they were leading up to that for the last three episodes of Brooke going to that camp and confronting her, and it was it was very anticlimactic. And I don't think that they should have gone into the future and done a sappy ending. I I was. I, uh, it kind of ruined the season for me, uh, up until the, the end of that one night is where they had me and they lost me when they, when they went into the future for the last three episodes or the last three or four episodes. I really didn't mind the future or flashback thing. I just, I do agree with you with the anticlimactic ending and the, uh, Brooke and Margaret lack of of connection there. It's it's it was pretty whack to to say the least. Yeah, they tried to make it into like the sappy. The kid was going back to see his father as a ghost, and and then and then we didn't talk about an episode. The episode where they introduced Mister Jingle's mother. And his backstory and yeah. another killer. Uh, they overdid it. I think they just overdid it. It wasn't needed. They they could have. Oh, I was I was disappointed. Or or what about Dylan McDermott's character? That was absolutely pointless. It was it was just a stupid add on. Let's let's get Dylan McDermott yeah, on the show. Yeah, he just met the two girls. He was just a random a character killer for him who freaking like fell in love with. Ramirez 
and wanted to be like him and like there was no connection and he died and, and yeah again in the finale it was anticlimactic he just died really fast and they pushed him off so he wouldn't die in the camp and come yeah, back and then and that was it Cody Fern's character's like yeah we kill him and he goes to the other side that's where it's out of our territory boom that's it it's yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck um it was it was cool what they did with Richard Ramirez because I did say um that you know they were talking about how they couldn't kill him in the camp but then i i told you like uh before this episode aired that didn't he already die on the camp or in the camp and he wasn't like resurrected as a ghost he was resurrected by the devil so why would it matter if he died again wouldn't he just be resurrect again and he could leave the camp so uh i did like what they did with him like all the all the uh the ghosts uh, would just kill him and then wait for him to come back, be resurrected, and then just kill him again, and just it would be a torture thing. Yeah. Uh, the stupid thing about the 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 whole thing was they they had apparently been doing that for thirty years, and thirty years on the dot, uh, Mister Jingle's son comes along, and one of them or two of them aren't paying attention, and oh look, lo and behold, he gets out. Yeah. <laughs> After third, I I thought that was stupid and cliche. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so season in a whole, as a whole, not my favorite season, unfortunately. From the seasons that I've seen, you know, I've, I haven't seen, I think three out of all of them before. Uh, it's not my favorite season either. The only season without Sarah Paulson or, uh. Then why did she get credited? She wasn't. She wasn't credited at all. No? No, I promise. I promise. Uh, and the other guy, what's his name? You always Evan Peters and Evan Peters and I have a, and I told you I have a feeling that they originally wrote a jingle son for for Evan Peters but they couldn't get him back so they gave it to Finn Wittrock who played uh he was his first season was Freak Show which he did a really good job in Freak Show um they brought him back for one more episode and yeah. eh. sweet glad that mystery was solved and talking about mysteries. The Scooby-Doo trailer came out. That was pretty good. Uh, thank you. I've been practicing. Uh, came out, and what did you what did you think of that one? Uh, I was super into Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. Uh, I was afraid it was gonna be like Adam's family kid shtick, and you know, maybe in a longer trailer, I'll see that it's more of a kids thing. But the jokes were cute. Um, doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of uh, pot references like the uh, like the um, the live action. So it won't go in that direction of adult. But, you know, it was funny. Uh, and it, uh, it looks like they're going science, full on science fiction. I, I like it. <laughs> there you go. The, 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 the flashbacks were funny when... Uh, when Scooby met Shaggy, uh, Scooby met Shaggy. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it, it uh, and how they how they got his name, so it wasn't just a coincidence that um, there was a Scooby a, Snack. A, yeah, a dog treat named after Scooby is the other way around. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Yeah, that was cute. I like the the part where Shaggy licked. Scooby and Scooby's like, don't do that again. Yeah. Um, the only thing that that I didn't like was whoever they got to for Velma's voice was not 
anywhere close to the traditional Thelma. I want to say it is done by uh, it is voiced by Gina Rodriguez. Um, I'm unimpressed with that. Uh, she, Thelma and Shaggy have very distinct voices, um, and it's distracting if 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 it doesn't sound. Is is Thelma Latina now? Not that I'd have anything pro- wrong with that, but is she? Nothing. Maybe. Like we'll, we'll add a little color to the group. I guess that's good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, unless the next trailer is complete crap, I'll see it. I'm down to watch it too. I I like how Daphne was wearing Wonder Woman costume for Halloween. That scene kind of went fast, so I don't remember everyone's costume. I remember Scooby wearing a costume, which was cool. I guess he was uh, <laughs> the Green Lantern dog or something. No, I don't remember. I I'll do- have to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll watch it. Sweet. I can't wait. Awesome. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with our Justin Long slash Drag Me to Hell review and our Maleficent Mistress of Evil review. Stick around. Sweet. Hey, so cool for you guys to stick with us. We're back. And the thing that we're going to review next is our Drag Me to Hell uh, anniversary screening that screen we want to with special guest Justin Long, cutie patootie Justin Long. I saw the uh, the advertisement on Facebook. You know how it tells you things that you may be interested in your local area. I've never seen the movie. I just saw a picture. You know the picture of of the of the, the front cover. Of, of the poster. Yeah, yeah, with the girl and the and the and the hands dragging her down to hell. So I go hmm. Maybe Riz might like this, and I send it to you, and you're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I saw it, uh, I didn't see it in the theater, I saw it uh, on DVD, and I wish that I'd seen it in the theater back, you know, ten years ago, Uh, and I really liked it, I only watched it once or twice, and I never watched it again, and it's it's one of those movies that I wanted to show Augustine uh, for a long time, but I, I could never find it on demand, and... You know, I could never really find it in DVD stores either. So this came up, and I'm like, oh, this is perfect. You know, not only can we see it, but it'll be on the big screen, and Justin Long will be there. Right. Yeah, uh, Drag Me to Hell is about Christine Brown is and her loving boyfriend, uh, who play who's played by Justin. Uh, she has a great job at a Los Angeles bank, uh, but she is heavily influenced with a position that she wants to obtain um, by her boss. So her boss puts her in a sticky situation that requires her to deny an extension to an old lady's mortgage, and the old lady becomes very uh, upset and and insulted, and she starts begging Christine. uh, Yeah, she gets down on her knees, and she's like, I'm on my knees, I'm begging you, I'm begging you. And then... She realizes that she, that she made a scene and people are like looking at her and she stands up and she looks at Alice and she's like, you shamed me. And she gets like really uh, pissed off and she actually attacks her and, yeah. and pins her against her desk. Yeah. And uh, and she's taken out by security and, they, you know, they don't arrest her because she's a little old lady. They probably should have arrested her. 
And what happened next? And then she is absolutely in shock that she is shamed by Allison's character, Christine Brown, that the old lady cursed her. And yeah, there, there's a whole scene afterwards where she, she goes after her in her car, which yeah. is an amazing scene. The budget to this movie at the time was $30 million, and the box office was $90.8 million. And its director is Sam Raimi. If you don't know or if he does sound familiar, he is the director behind Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and Evil Dead. The Evil Dead series. This was his return to horror movies. Uh, which he actually earned this. He, in in part in part of his doing, I think Spider Man Three, he also put in that he wanted to do Drag Me to Hell. So he earned basically had to earn to do another horror movie. Uh, BCW the cast includes Miss Allison Lohman, who I haven't seen her enough, and she's super cute. Mm-hmm, yeah, she uh, is. Justin Long, uh, Lorna Raver, who gave an amazing performance as the old gypsy. Uh, Dilip Rio, Rayo, who I've seen in other things, I can't think of it at the moment, and Mr. David Pamer. Look at that. David Pamer's in it. Yeah, I saw him and I'm like, I know him. Yeah, from something. <laughs> so this was, this event was to celebrate the 10th anniversary of this movie that came out in 2009, and it was with a Q&A with Justin Long, and... Uh, it was in this old, not old, um, this small, tiny theater, like a local theater, uh, with drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and people were just hanging out before the movie. Yeah, it's it's the kind of theater that they don't show new movies. They show, like, they do stuff like this. They'll show, like, random documentaries. Or indie films. Indie films. Or, or tenure, or Rocky Horror, or stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, we went to the one in Wynwood. To see Scream 2. That was awesome. That was uh, pretty dope. Rest in peace, the Winwood one. Do you remember the name of it? Oh, Cinema. They they shut it down to build more condos. So all, all of the wonderful, cool stuff that made Winwood awesome is being torn down. You know, <laughs> yeah. which, so what's it going to be? So before the movie or before the doors open, we we're just hanging out and there were a couple at the steps of the theater and they looked like they were fighting they were they were fighting uh the man kept going in and like away from her coming back trying to like comfort her and it was like this huge drama that we were looking at i felt bad for the woman it looked like he was pissed off at her yeah and um one thing led to another they're together with a third person and they're huddled over and i yeah and taking pictures and when i focus really well I nudge Riz and I tell you, isn't that Justin Long? Yeah, so the couple, by sitting there, going away from the crowd and having a fight, they got the first hand, <laughs> the first uh, experience with J- Justin Long. And so. he just walked right by us. He was heading towards us, and I really like the words, Hey, Justin, can I take a picture with you? was in my mouth ready to come out but i was just starstruck and a little bit embarrassed i would have been too embarrassed like he's a really short guy like uh, approaching people like that you know in a non i guess uh con thing is a little intimidating and embarrassing he was there for another event and he was just taking a break before drag me to hell uh, i think we spoke with someone before and they told us that they were 
that Justin was going to get a bite to eat. Yeah. So that also played in a factor of us not saying hi to him because I'm sure I thought maybe he's starving or yeah. something. And I just didn't want to stop him to take a picture. But he was shy. I mean, not shy. He was super, super fine with other people that stopped yeah. him. Um, super friendly. Super friendly and nice. Very, very uh, humble uh, kid. Uh, kid, no, he's 41 years old. He looks like a kid. Yeah, he still does. Um, uh, so then Brenda Brenda joined us, and yeah. we hung out for a little, Brenda little while Brenda is our BFF. She comes in and out of our podcast. <laughs> She's like a special guest of like a TV of show. Of stories. <laughs> um, this episode will be We mention her a lot because she's fucking awesome. BTW, I hope the mic is not picking it up. Our dogs are is locked up in their crates because uh, my mom's over and she's helping us uh, clean the house. And yes, I do pay my mom. So I don't <laughs> want people to be like, how the hell are you going to have your mom over and clean your house? And uh, she she gets recompensed handsomely. Compensated? Or compensated handsomely. Georgina oh is here. my... <laughs> Holy crap, she did not just show up in my house. This is on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, Do you want to pause for a second? We'll we're be right back. We're going to take a quick break. Okay, we're going to take we a have, quick break. Uh, a guest, apparently. Who a uh, guest at our house, and we didn't invite her. <laughs> Hold oh on. God. And we're back. We've settled down. Apparently, my mom's neighbor decided to show up to see my mom. Um, and my mom didn't even invite her <laughs> over that's, to our house. That's, right. that's okay. Um, um, so, that's happening. So, where were we? Uh, shoot. So, oh, just in long, we met up with Brenda. Brenda came up and uh, we waited a little bit. We got our, t- our little wristbands. wristbands and we got in. Back row, not not bad seats. I mean, I had to move one over because, yeah. of course, I sit center, and the one tall guy in the entire place decides to come over and sit square in front of me. <laughs> and I'm like, mofo. So I had to move over one seat, and we were good from there. We, we, all, we all had pretty good seats. Yeah. The moderator came up saying a little history about the movie and, and Justin. Justin. And Justin came out and said hi to us, uh, or to the crowd. Then the movie started. And like I said at the top of this review, or this, yeah, this review, um, Christine uh, Character, or no, that's that's the name of the actress. Oh, shit. That's uh, the name of her? Oh, no, Allison. Allison Lohman is the name of the actress. It must uh, be Christine. Okay, yeah, Christine it's Christine. Brown. Christine Brown works at a bank, and she denied to the old gypsy, and she cursed her. And uh, she took like something from Christine, which was a button, and then she during the car scene or after the car scene. Yeah, that was freaking. Weird. I love that fucking uh, scene. BTW, it's a PG thirteen movie, and it was very uh, graphic, very, very gory. gory. Um, the okay, before we get on to the plot, like it's such a great, and this is all about Sam Raimi. Everything about it, the the cinematography, the music, everything about it pulls you in into it, you know? It was a consistent ride throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's... It, 
it's a very well well done or well made movie. Uh, I do eventually want to get it, uh, but I've been saying that for literally ten years. So <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. So that she goes uh, out to her car, uh, Allison or Christine, because uh, her shift's over at the bank, and she feels like she's being followed. And just in front of her car is the old gypsy's car. And she starts freaking out and she starts heading to her car and she gets into her car and she does a whole cliche look into the rearview mirror and the old lady is inside her car. And she attacks her and she starts choking her and they fight and she's able to to get her out of the car. But the old lady takes a a button a from button. her sweater. That exactly. whole that whole fight scene i guess you want to call it between the old lady and christine was pretty cool because it's it's a very compact scene Mm -hmm. where it's her and the old lady in the car and the the angle and the fight you know it's not like kung fu fighting or anything like that but it it was just really well well paced and well made um that scene so after they leave the car because they take the action outside the car uh, she, the old gypsy lady, grabs a button and raises it up to the sky and says some gypsy words to curse it. And she gives it back to her, saying that now she's cursed and that karma is a bitch. Uh, which was weird because it's not her fault, you know. I, well, later she says that she could have. She tells Justin Long's character she could have. Yeah. Um, but she wanted the management position and it was between her and actor Reggie Lee's uh, Reggie Lee. Yeah, I didn't mention Red, Reggie Lee before. Uh, Grim fans will know him as uh, the detec- one of the detectives. Uh, yeah, so it was Reggie between Lee. both of them to get the assistant manager uh, position, so she had to do what she had to do. Uh, so then after that, she starts feeling... Um, weird right how does she start getting her symptoms of being cursed was it the shadows i think it starts with dreams or like hallucinations that 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 shit's like like fiery or hands shadowy hands coming after her um weird stuff like that yeah so she speaks to justin long uh and justin long the funny thing his role is the supportive boyfriend yet he teaches school as a professor that what's like the opposite of spiritualism he he debunks that and it's funny uh, because skepticism something like scully. that it's yeah scully scully scullyism from x-files <laughs> the funny thing is that since he he teaches like realism and skepticism he's super supportive for her right. of her because he loves her exactly it's not one of those Oh babe, you're going crazy. You're going you're you're just seeing things. It's it's more of a it's coming from a supporting side and a and I got your back type of of sense, which yeah. was pretty odd and kind of like it was nice. Even, kind of nice, yeah. yeah. So after that, she freaking uh starts getting those hallucinations even more, even more, even more, and she wants to seek uh spiritual guidance. Uh no, I'm lying to you. She goes to the funeral. Well, she goes to 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 find the old lady to, to find ask, out what's going on to ask for forgiveness. And she like ends up in the middle of her funeral. So Which, so the lady can't take the the button back, the cursed or the button curse back uh, because she's dead. Which is weird because after I saw the movie, she's 
I started thinking she's in the bank asking for extension, but in the funeral, she has like all this family. And I'm like, why couldn't she ask her family? I mean, maybe that's just me being realistic. Well, or... Some people are proud. Well, I guess so. I guess so. You may be right. Uh, as Ridge was saying, she can't take the, the curse back or, or uncurse the curse because she's dead. So she... And there's another great scene where she ends up falling over. She tries to shove and, the button, like, into her casket. No, 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 That's later. No, well... She... No, she ends up backing her. Backing up into the coffin, and the body ends up on top of her, and whatever... Uh, formaldehyde. Formaldehyde that was in the body ends up coming out of her mouth all and, over Christine's face. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And and it's it's like... It, it's horror mixed with, with comedy like that. Or, I guess, gross-out comedy. Yeah. Where you're like, wait, what the hell is yeah, going like, on? It was a weird position that she landed in. That was and funny. She leaves and she realized that she can't get the curse out. Uh, so she, then she seeks spiritual guidance and this is where Dalip's character comes in and Dalip is there in like, um, uh, Ram Joss was the character's name. Ram. Ram. Uh, Ram was, uh, is like a psychic guy. He has his own little store and she stops there, uh, with Justin Long and Justin Long comes in and they have like this debate about spiritualism and realism uh, between Justin Long and Rom. And then Rom says, hey, look, there's this spell or this uh, incantation that you can do, but you have to sacrifice uh, an animal. Um, after that, uh, she is contemplating, but her her curse is, is progressing more and catching up to her and fucking up with her and kind of driving her insane. So she had no choice but to get a a kitty that she has and and sacrifice it and does some spiritual things. Which, you know, for me, that would be a deal breaker. I'd be like, nope, I'm done. I'm walking out of the movie. <laughs> but the way they played it, like, they made it kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, they <laughs> they did a good job with her sacrificing. Like, there, there's a, uh, a scene where... Um, where someone asks her, asks Justin Long it uh, was, about their cat, and he's like, yeah, we have a cat. And she's just like, no, we don't. And she looks off. And yeah. that, was, that was played really That funny. was the next scene when uh, Christine had to meet Justin Long's parents. Parents, yeah. And her her parent, his parents, I'm sorry, weren't too, too thrilled about her because uh, Justin Long's character, or yeah, the, the character is this... A uh, really well-established professor, um, you know, making really well, mo- really good money, and Christine is just a bank teller or a, a loan officer, you know, and the mom doesn't think that that's that's all that. Yeah, uh, assholes. So they're at dinner, and she's getting like that that demon or the demon's cursed out to she her. She starts halluc or supposedly hallucinating again. Yeah, and in the di- dinner, uh, Justin Long's dad gives him a coin. Or no, I'm sorry, that is completely wrong. Christine finds a coin in the bank and that... She gives it to Justin Long because he's a coin collector. Yeah, because he's a coin collector. And he and, puts it in an envelope. And he puts it in an envelope. 
And his and Justin Long tells his dad, "Hey, look, Christine found this awesome coin from nineteen or eighteen something something, and it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, blah blah blah." And uh, the curse starts happening in the middle of the dinner, and Christine just has a whole breakdown spaz attack. Yeah, because uh, she's telling the demons to sh- just shut up and leave her alone and. Fuck you and all this shit. And it's also, again, played for laughs because you get her, his parents' reaction to it. Like, what exactly Eyes is wide, shocked. Yeah, love Pearls it. clutched. <laughs> so then they, they leave and uh, the, the curse doesn't work. That's when she realized the, not the curse, the sacrifice that she did with the cat yeah. didn't work. So she goes visits Rom again. Right. And, and she tells Rom... Oh, you know, I can't do this. You know, it didn't work and all this stuff. I'm, I'm like, desperate. And Rom is like, well, there's one thing. I can put you through to one person, but it's going to come at a price. $10,000. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, what the fuck? He, he's, he, I... he's like, he's grifting her, you know? He's just trying to get as much money out of her as he can. But he puts her in touch. Well, Justin Long, you know, Mr. Skeptic. Goes and pays the $10,000. So he is the loving boyfriend who apparently has has deep pockets. Um, so she can get the curse. Or I'm sure he didn't believe there was a curse. But at least in her head it would be over. In, and that's in, what in he wanted. Mind. Um, he wanted her to just be back to normal. Right. And he did whatever he can to help her as well. So he got in contact with... Or Ron got in contact with a spiritualist. Uh, yeah, she who uh, was in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, she has a, a prologue, a, a big scene at the beginning, which I think took place twenty years in the past, where a boy had been cursed by a gypsy, and she watched in horror as he was dragged down to hell. Uh, so she had, I guess, some knowledge of it. it she didn't need no ten thousand dollars, whatever. Yeah, I think. You know, because at the end of her scene, she says, this is not the last time I'll see you. I'll see you again. And I guess she grew up to become like a medium or a spiritualist. Because uh, it's funny that, you know, Rom connected it to her. Yeah. Uh, so they go into her house, beautiful, big, uh, Victorian-esque uh, type house. And there's like a, a table. They're going to do a seance. And there's a goat. That need not to be sacrificed. Uh, the whole deal was when they summoned the demon that cursed her, they had to transport the demon to the goat's body and oh, then yeah. sacrifice. Awesome. The uh, the goat started talking, right? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Such it a great so scene. Funny. So the scene comes. She's uh, doing the chant to call the demon, and the demon comes and. Uh, there was a part where the medium had to put her hands on on the goat as soon as the demon gets into the the medium's body and do like some channel transferring or some spirit transferring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't play well. Uh, things got out of hand. She freaked out. She missed the window. And although the demon went to the goat, they weren't able to kill it? They weren't able to kill it. But they... I don't know if the demon told her, if the medium told her, that if she's able to pass the button on to someone else, she'll be free of the curse, 
but that person will will we'll eventually die in well, yeah. three days. And that was a whole moral dilemma for her because who she who could she give basically a death sentence to? She thought about giving it to Reggie Lee's character, uh, the guy that she was competing for the assistant manager position. Who, who effed her up and stole files from her desk and gave them to a competitor so the competitor would get this big loan or a big, big account. And then she was blamed for it. So she was going to get back to him by cursing him to death. Which... But she is too much of a good person. And she said, you know what? Hell no. So after that whole seance thing, she goes into the car with... Uh, she gets in the car with Justin Long. And she's driving. And... They almost... She... I think they almost hit something. And they have to stop She sees fast. The, the old lady. They have to stop fast and all everything, all of their... Their belongings their stuff and stuff just... Gets discombobulated. Yeah, and... so she gets the idea of, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the gypsy's um, grave. grave and ungra- and dig up her grave and just give it back to her. Shove the... The, um, the, the button... In her mouth. Yeah. Is what she wants and to do. And she exactly does that. It starts raining and yeah. she's inside the hole where where the casket is. And it's becoming very muddy and she's, you know, wet and dirty from all that gunk and mud. And she sees the, the body. So she raises the envelope with the button inside and she's like, I relief the curse. You are getting the curse from now on. And she said that like something similar like that. But she said that like three or four times and she jams it down the gypsy's dead throat. And that's when like water starts filling up inside mm-hmm. the hole. And it looks like she's drowned. Two seconds later, she shows up and she pops up and she digs her way out. Boom. The curse is done. So she's supposed to go on a trip to uh, Justin Long's family's uh, country house or something. Yeah, they meet at a train station. Uh, And what happens? So she's good. She's relieved. Justin Long is relieved that her his girlfriend is good. And you see just before Christine shows up, Justin Long is there ready with a little ring box and he was going to propose we think he was gonna propose oh yeah okay um so christine shows up and she's like hey i'm sorry i'm late i just uh, the uber driver it's over everything's good she's like it's all it's all over and that's when justin long's like oh great by the way uh do you know where my coin is the coin that you found uh, I know you put it in an envelope, and I just don't seem to know where it is, but here's this envelope with a weird button on it, inside of it, and maybe there was, like, some type of confusion, and it dawned on Christine's head that it was a mixed up. She shoved uh, the, the envelope with the coin in this gypsy's mouth and wasn't able to actually break the curse. And as it dawned on her, you know, shit turned black 
And, and she backs up and she's backing up because she's in shock. Mm-hmm. And she's, and she's looking tracks. at Justin Long and she falls on the train track. And I'm thinking the train's going to get her. But yeah. no, the floor opens up and drags Christine's body to hell. And the last scene you see is Justin Long's like reaching out in horrifying. And she's like, help me, help me. Reaching up to him as she's as her arm goes down. It's uh it's a shocking, awesome scene. It's a big twist and that's it. And the then movie ends. And then black and it just says Drag Me to Hell, the yeah. title of the film. It's like and then everyone stood up and clapped and Justin Long came out. I'm sorry, I don't mean to go so fast. Yeah, it's cool. Well, yeah, I know. It was a great twist to the to the movie. It's awesome. It was fantastic. And the movie ends there. Uh, I enjoyed the movie through and through. It was really a really good pace. I feel like this has going has become or probably is in the in the in the process of becoming a cult uh, oh it movie. is it definitely is uh definitely. and uh sam it, raimi he's he's kind of a genius yeah he he was really well and then after that the moderator came out brought out justin long for a q a yeah and he was talking about the movie he he talked very positive about sam raimi and christine's character uh, uh allison loman the actress that played christine yeah and that he was a little jealous because uh she, she was the main character and she did all the stunts all the possessions all the cool all, scenes and then basically. he said i was just basically there to just say Hey, what's up? I just missed this. Or, <laughs> or don't worry, you're gonna be fine and stuff like that. He also asked, uh, talked about what was that movie? Uh, Zack and Miri made a porno where he did a cameo there, uh, playing a, a gay, a gay porn star, a gay porn star. We have to watch that movie. I don't know. Uh, and that sounds corny. And it was just a really nice evening. Yeah, he talked about Jeepers Creepers a little bit. Yes, um, about his tat. Uh, someone asked about the tattoo and if he has any tattoos, and he right. said no. Uh, or no, he he had a funny story about he was out with someone and with, they gave him a, with the lead singer of Green Day, and Billy they, Billy Joel Armstrong, and Billy they, Joe Armstrong, excuse me, Billy and Joel Armstrong. He's and Billy imagine, Joe. Wait, imagine that uh, mix. Like if if someone came out and they were like. Uh, my name's Billy Joel Armstrong, and he does like Green Day songs, but played as Billy Joel, like <laughs> as a Billy Joel song. You know, or 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 the opposite, like a rock a rock Green Day type song, but it's a Billy Joel song. I just came up with something brilliant. I'm gonna learn how to play music, and I'm changing my name to Billy Joel Armstrong, and I'm gonna make <laughs> millions, millions. And he'll show up at the door and be like, click, click, click. Well, no. Click, click, click. Knock on the door, I mean. Who's knocking on the door? Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> we'll uh, discuss that later. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. So, great movie. It's awesome. Go <laughs> so check Billy it out. So, Billy Joel Armstrong gave him, like, a tattoo. He yeah. couldn't believe he didn't have a tattoo. Uh, that Justin Long didn't have a tattoo. And he gave him, like, a makeshift tattoo with, like, an open pen and a needle. Yeah, it was a makeshift thing. And but... it faded because it was shitty. Yeah. Interesting story. But it was a fun evening, and I liked it. Guys, if you haven't seen Drag Me to Hell, it's a pretty cool horror slash tongue-in-cheek uh, comedy. Comedy. Basically. 
Uh, it's it's being sold as a horror, but it has an underlining, very small underlining of, of comedy that I think you guys will enjoy. Yeah, it's we, a fun movie. We also watched, uh, after that, the next day, we met up with some friends and we watched Maleficent, Mistress of... Of um, Evil. Of Evil. Is that, was that the title? Mistress of Evil? Yeah, Mistress of Evil. Ooh, that's dark. Cool. Uh, so, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, we saw... It's it stars returning Angelina Jolie, uh, Abigail and Abigail Breslin, I believe, and then of course the uh, the fairies, the fairy godmothers. Yes, are, are, are those godmothers? The fairy godmothers. Well, they yes. were they were all played by the same characters. I um, no, they're not by the same actors. The three of them. Yeah, they that's all, one of them. That's the other. I one said they were all played by the same actors from the first movie. Oh, is what I meant. Okay, those I'm are the sorry. returning characters, and then the new the new characters or the new actors include Michelle Pfeiffer, Chetawal Ajelfer. I can never say his name correct. Ed Skirin and Harris Dickinson uh, was recast in the role as Prince Philip. I believe he was. I don't remember who who played him in the first one, but I know. That he's new. The director is Joachim Runing. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, it was released October 18, 2019. And the synopsis is uh, Maleficent travels to a grand old castle to celebrate young Aurora's upcoming wedding that she's not too keen of uh, to Prince Philip. While there, she meets Aurora's future mother-in-law, a conniving queen who hatches a devious plot to destroy the land's fairy. So, hoping to stop her, Maleficent joins forces with uh, seasoned warriors. Uh, the movie budget was $185 million. Um, I don't know how much it grossed yet because it's still too early by this time. I think it's doing well. I think it's doing really well from what I hear. So, yeah, the jumping in, let's jump in. Uh, we start off with the movie of Prince Philip uh, asking Aurora... For her hand in marriage in the middle of her trying to listen to the fairies, listen to the the mystical creatures of her kingdom and how she's a little overwhelmed by all that. Right, because I believe the, the, the first movie ended with her becoming the queen of fairyland or whatever they call it in the movie. Correct, yes. With all that commotion going on, Prince Philip shows up, asks for her hand in marriage. Uh, the crow dude witness that and she he flies to maleficent where she's just waking up and he's like girl your daughter is getting married and she's like what hell no this cannot be happening so she flies down wherever aurora is and aurora tells she tells maleficent i'm going to do whatever i want because it's my own life and i love you and i want you to be part of it and at this time like maleficent she was evil but now she's trying to be good or she's trying to be good and she's trying to be a a better person for aurora but she doesn't know how to because she lived her life i guess evil uh, but she's like, fine. And Prince Philip tells Aurora and Maleficent, oh, come and meet my parents. And we're having this big dinner and it's going to be great. So, yeah, they go to the dinner. Um, basically, something's going on with Michelle Pfeiffer's character. She plays uh, Prince Philip's mother. Uh, she 
obviously invited Maleficent there as some devious plot for some devious plot. Yes. Uh, they go to dinner or they're there in dinner and Michelle Pfeiffer or the queen, yeah, uh, tries to like talk to Maleficent and to Aurora in like double entendre, uh, very passive aggressive. And when things hit the ceiling fan when Michelle Pfeiffer's character tells Maleficent that Aurora will be living in the castle full time and Maleficent was like no she's not and she just gets really really angry and her powers shows up but it was just a plot behind Michelle Pfeiffer's character to get her angry because yeah because uh, the king the the, uh, Prince Philip's father uh, ends up with a sleeping curse the same as Aurora in the first film. So they believe that Maleficent, Maleficent did, had did And it done was that. her fault. And Maleficent... Maleficent's uh, like, I did not do this. She didn't. And she escapes or she tries to escape. So one of uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's henchmen's... Uh, Henchwoman. Whoever, henchwoman. Whoever played her... Was good. Was amazing. She, she played that character like an, an evil... An e- like a classic evil Disney character, you know what I mean? Yes. And she lo- she has the part, and she's cold as ice. I need to find her name. I'll find it. Yeah. Uh. So she just nonchalantly walks into like this torpedo-looking weapon, points at Maleficent, and starts shooting. And by the third or fourth shot, she shoots her down, and she falls into the water off a waterfall. Uh. That henchwoman sees that and she's like yay i did this i'm gonna get a raise from the queen and things are gonna be awesome but out of nowhere this mysterious figure comes from the sky and swoops inside the water to save maleficent and takes her away we later find out that it is chitowel effigy's character who is a creature like maleficent uh, that has been cast away or not cast away. They just moved far away because uh, the humans started taking over and it was their land prior and they just went away to to seclude themselves because they were dwindling down in numbers. Um, go I, ahead. I believe they were living underground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Living underground. It was like a terraform because it was like desert. It was mountains. It was rainforest. And she learned that there's others like her. And Chitowell and Ed... Ed, what's his, what's his name? Uh, was that Ed Skirin? Uh, yeah, it's Ed, Skir- Ed Skirn. Or Ed Skirin, yeah. Yeah. His character, both of them were like, Hey, we gotta go. We gotta fight back. All this is happening. And Michelle Pfeiffer back at the castle is prepping for that war. Um, and telling... Aurora, you know, this is your god, uh, this is uh, your stepmother or Maleficent. I can't have this done. And Aurora's like, you know what? She's not like this. This is not the type of person she is. I know she's a bit sour, but she's not, she's she, not like this. She wouldn't this. have done something like that. Like, she, she, even though she saw the same scene, scene everyone else did, she still investigated and wanted to find out exactly what happened. Like, why would she do something like that? Or... If she did something like that, like, you know, because it didn't make any sense in her head. And investigate she did. Uh, she went walking around. She was locked up into her, her room until it was the time for the wedding. But she's like, you know what? F that. I'm gonna see what's what's the fuss is all about. In the meantime, the queen invited all of the fairy 
people from Fairyland, uh, there's a name for it, I'll look it up later, uh, to come to the wedding as a setup. Um, and locked all the fairies and um, mystical creatures in the church. That, that That's in the meantime. But what happened with Aurora, who was locked in her room? Uh, she escapes and she goes downstairs uh, to the dungeon and she sees a another creature who is played by the same actor who played the uh, bankers in in Harry Potter. And Willow. And Willow uh, oh man, as well. I cannot remember his name. Something Warwick. Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. Yes. Such a great actor. Mm-hmm. So well well established. Um, and he was Leprechaun. And he was Leprechaun. True. And she realized or she comes to find out that the queen has been secretly going into the fairyland and stealing some type of like fairy dust that comes out of like a flower, like some fairy pollen. And use that against the fairy to to Basically, disintegrate them. Yeah, disintegrate them. Um, so it's like it's like uh, snake poison, and you use that as an anti venom as well. It's right. exactly what she was doing, and she wanted to put all these all these creatures, all these mystical creatures, inside a room and just start and, killing them. Yeah, and Those, um, so Maleficent is you know wakes up in that place in the meantime maleficent wakes up in that place and she discovers there's more of her like you said um and cheddarwall wants to broker peace with the humans and ed skirin wants a war and there's kind of a back and forth with that and they she goes with cheddarwall i'm not sure how they end up in that forest but she he ends up getting shot and as he dies, he like he pleads with her for for you know to go with the peace, but you know she ends up going to avenge him, I guess, with the other fairies. So yeah, that, that's what starts the war. And I'm a little disappointed they killed his character off because I thought he would have made a good love interest for Angelina Jolie's character. But I guess whose they gave it name to I Ed. can't remember, Maleficent. Well, we'll get to that. Um... <laughs> So she leaves, so Aurora, good lord, Aurora <laughs> leaves the dungeon to warn everybody that the queen was behind this. Oh, because she started getting called, uh, the reason why she goes down there, or it leaves her down there, is because she gets that call from the spindle. And when she sees the spindle, everything connects mm-hmm. with her that it's the queen who stabbed the king to make him fall uh, asleep. Yep. Or do that sleep coma or whatever. So she comes out and she wants to tell everyone what's going on. And she sees the fairies inside the church. And it doesn't look well for her. Or she she thinks something is up. So that henchwoman uh, is in the pews on the top playing the organ. And every time she, she plays a, the organ when she hits a specific key, a bomb, disintegrating bomb that... With the flower... That uh, they're using stuff. against the fairies. Uh, shoots out. Shoots and, out. And starts hitting the fairies. So a lot of the fairies are hiding under um, hiding under pews to try to, to protect themselves. A lot of them are, you know, hiding behind, uh, like, tree fairies that had already been changed. Yeah. Um, so a bunch of them, you know, were able to, to kind of stave off, you know, being killed or being transformed. And into... what and what this, this does... Oh, there's a plane... I wonder who's flying on it. Sounds like a small motor. It's probably a single engine. Well, whatever. Exciting. (laughs) 
Uh, so what this uh, disintegrating thing does, it just turns these fairies into plants, into their organic forms. Yeah. Um, Some of them are just puffed into nothing. Yeah. Like the actual, as, as that's going on, the, the actual war happens and the, the, um, the Maleficent type fairies... When they get shot with it, they literally turn to dust. Yes, they though their kind turn like very Endgame type or Infinity very. War type stuff. And I, I was kind of surprised with their willingness to kill these characters off in a like that's what I thought was a kids movie, but it it made the stakes uh, a little more interesting. Absolutely, it was then uh, Aurora tr- sees Prince Philip and tells him, "Hey, this is all your mom's fault." And he's like, maybe it is. I'm not sure. And they release whatever fairies and mystical creatures are in church out. And this whole war breaks out in the castle's courtyard. Uh, Everything is set up. Fairies are dying. Regular people are dying. All this crap is happening. Uh, Aurora gets thrown from the castle by uh, the queen. Or maybe one of the queen's henchmen. From the top. Yeah, but that's after Michelle Pfeiffer shoots Maleficent. And then she turns, she cries her tears. Oh, okay. Um, when Maleficent gets shot, she disintegrates into ash. And all the ash is just at Aurora's feet. And she gets on her knees, Aurora, and just cries out of sadness. And out of love for her. And out of love for, yeah, for her, for... For Maleficent and her water or her tears uh, touches her ashes and it kind of forms like this mystical spell of like resurrection but it's taking a little too slow because there has to be some dialogue going on between Aurora and the queen and the queen's like no this is gonna be my way if you don't like it pack up your Louis Vuitton bag and go simple as that and aurora's like no like you're evil i'm not gonna let this happen to my people or anybody so the queen's like you know what you're like garbage and she throws aurora off the tower and as she's falling at the same time the spell of resurrection of the phoenix because while maleficent was underground with her kind Chitawa's character tells her that she is like from from the Phoenix. Yeah, she's the last in the bloodline of the the Phoenix fairies. So that resurrects her uh, to a dark black Phoenix huge creature that swoops down, saves Aurora, and lands in the courtyard, and she's back to normal, and everything's awesome. What happens to the queen? Uh, she... She dies or she goes to jail? She is she transformed captured? into a goat. That's right. How funny. Two movies we're reviewing, there's a goat in each of them. Hmm. <laughs> what a coincidence. And there was something else, there was another connection that I, I was thinking of before. That'll come to me. Go yeah. Ahead. Uh, she goes, uh, she gets turned into a goat. Uh, Maleficent turns her into a goat. And everyone sees that Maleficent is back and alive with Aurora and with prince philip and aurora just tells everyone stop fighting it's done you know this is all the queen's fault this is none of our fault i'm here because we want everyone to live in peace and in perfect harmony yeah and they're able to to finally broker peace instead of of war and 
Maleficent's people are able to to come from underground and rejoin society. Society and there and the fairies and the mystical creatures also don't have to be living off or cast or cast away. Cast away, and laws are put like you can't kill or harvest any more of those pollens and stuff like that. So uh, that's basically like there's I think there's a wedding scene at the end, but. We didn't get into Michelle Pfeiffer's character's motivation. There was a backstory where, as a child, her brother went out to try and broker peace, and supposedly the fairies killed her, killed him. And that's why she wanted revenge on, on these fairy people. So I I have a feeling that that's going to lead to to the third one. Maybe we'll, we'll get to see the background there, because I my theory was that that didn't happen and her brother um like fell in love with the fairy and maybe he he's uh Maleficent's father that could be that's I, my you told me about that because they never they never really went into what actually happened to her brother like it, you know why would they just kill him like there there has to be more yeah and unlike drag me to hell this movie does end on a positive note i liked it more than i was expecting I was expecting it to be very Disney cheesy. Yeah. But it was a very good movie. It was and, a fun movie. And I'm really glad that we went out. We met up with our friends. And after that, we had dinner. And it was just all around a really cool evening. Oh, we went to the mall. We went to Dolphin Mall, walked around, got some Funko. Oh, yeah. We got some. I got the 80th anniversary Funko special for the X-Men, the original X-Men. And which one did you get? Uh, Xander. Xander. Poor Xander was on sale. <laughs> so I, I got him for $5. That was cool. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, we didn't get anything else? I, well, I got a couple of the the mini Mystery classic, classic monster. M, M, is it MGM? Universal, Universal Monsters. And I really, really wanted... Um, what did we talk about last week? Bride, Bride of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And I'm like, come on, Bride of Frankenstein. And the first one I opened it was her. And she's a... Adorable. And we have you have Frankenstein, right? Uh, no, I have uh, Dracula. Out of those Dracula, uh, the the black and white Dracula and the colorized Dracula, because the black and white ones were uh, exclusive to Walgreens. So I got a couple of those. Um, and there's and I, and the I have uh, the Mummy, also black and white version of the Mummy. So who was also the Mummy was directed by James Whale, which we covered in our last. Uh, podcast. Right, and uh, there was a weird connection that I was trying to think of with James Whale, uh, Once Upon a Time fans. Uh, the uh, James Anders character was Dr. Whale, who turned out to be in Fairy Tale Land, Frankenstein. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein. No way! Yeah. That's so that, really cool. That was a cool connection right That's there. That's awesome. If you get a chance, see Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, see it with your kids, see it with your friends. Uh, regardless, it's for all ages. Uh, I give it a one out of five. I give it a three point nine. I'll give it. I'll give it four. It was fun. It was a really fun movie. Awesome. So new music out this week. So excited. Well, not so excited, but uh, Celine Dion's first album since her her husband passed away. Uh, the album cover looks gorgeous i'm not a gigantic fan of her but you know she's been through a lot and i wish her well uh, i wasn't i wasn't i'm sorry i want to talk about celine dion of course <laughs> i really didn't notice her singing except for her 
legendary Titanic song. Mm-hmm. But someone showed me her Vegas, like a, a DVD special of her Vegas show. My God, she can sing. No, she has an amazing voice. She can't write songs worth crap. She doesn't write a single one of her songs, but she's well, an amazing singer. I love and, and I put that connection together a long time ago where, you know, actors don't write their own shit. And there's just some singers that just have amazing voices but don't have writing talent. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even though I prefer a singer-songwriter... You know, Celine Dion can exist in her own world and have an amazing voice in her own world. So I wish her all the best. She, like, again, the the cover of the album looks amazing. Volume 2 of uh, Fall Out Boy's Greatest Hits is out also. I'm shocked that they're up to Volume 2 because I haven't heard, heard anything from them in forever. But, you know, good for them. Uh, new movies coming out, or that have come out, uh, Good Boys came out uh the angry birds movie 2 which i love the first one you know you haven't watched it but no. i thought the first one was awesome and, and i was well at the time i was kind of obsessed with the game the the uh, mobile game after the wedding is out which i kind of wanted to see in the theater but it looked a little too melodramatic so i didn't uh, you were you were okay with seeing it in the theater but uh, we can uh, rent it i i would like to Michelle Williams, again, is amazing. And Julianne Moore, hello. Two amazing actresses. Uh, and those are our movies and DVDs for the for the week. Sweet. I want to watch that Michelle Williams movie. The Six Degrees of Separation that we're going to do right now and see if Riz can get stomped on it. Stumped. Or stumped, I'm Please sorry. Please don't stomp me. <laughs> I hate when, when people do that to me. Let me see. Uh, I know I always try to modernize actors, so I'm just going to put two completely different people. Uh, Michael J. Fox and... What's that girl's name that was... She was in Girl Interrupted, and she also start she like guest starred in rupaul's drag race she has a short hair with the freckles she played in heroes she played uh, like a detective during the first season yes i you know what i love that character and they never brought her back like after the first half of the first season um and she was on buffy clea duvall she played the invisible girl on buffy who again they never brought back they had this whole thing where she became like uh or she went to school to become a CIA, CIA person because she was invisible. They never brought her back. Clea Duvall. So Michael J. Fox and Clea Duvall? Yes. I freaking love Clea Duvall. BCW. I love her and too. And when she was on Drag Race, holy she crap. She was she, she, she had some sort of makeover, but holy crap. She is a, she's a, a, a gorgeous woman. Um, I'm not stalling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Michael J. Fox, an amazing actor who, you know, I wish him all the best with with his uh, with his sicknesses. Um, he was, of course, in the Back to the Future trilogy with the amazing Christopher Lloyd, who loses himself in roles. You know, you yes. don't, he's unrecognizable from Clue to Back to the Future to the Addams Family. In the Addams Family, uh, Christina Ricci, of course did an amazing job as Wednesday. Nobody will ever be able to replace Christina Ricci's performance as Wednesday. Oh, no. 
And Christina Ricci uh, recently, or recently, in the last few years, did this show that I watched straight through the first season, uh, the Lizzie Borden show. Okay. Uh, where it like kind of gave a history of Lizzie Borden, um, and her sister was played by Cleo Duvall. And there you have it. And the fact of the week is, with a gap of 36 years, the return of Lando Calrissian in Star Wars The Rise of the Skywalker marks the longest time for the original actor to reprise their role. Wow. And that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it, because it's not mine. It is no longer George Lucas's either, because he <laughs> sold the rights to Disney. All of it. Every yep. percentage. That's the very end of our show. We are so happy that you guys continue to listen to us as we rant and we talk about movies, music, or anything that you guys want to listen to because we always want to make you guys, the listeners, very happy. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast via any major audio streaming service like Spotify or iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR for up-to-date content of our podcast. We'll see you guys next week here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.